you. Let's pray, family, and then we're going to dive into the message. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Lord, thank you for revival in our hearts. Uh, thank you for revival in our nation. Uh, Lord, we bless you. We know that you're more interested in us uh, being transformed, changed, more than we can ever be uh, for ourselves. So, Lord, even as we receive your word this morning, we, we allow you to change and transform us in your way, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, family. So last week we had uh, Pastor Belinda. How many of us enjoy what we had here last week? Uh, it was really great. If you uh, went here, I was going to say get the podcast, but unfortunately you don't have the podcast. It's up, so you can get the podcast, um, the podcast on our on our website for the message last week. It was really great. Uh, today I just want to give us a quick introduction to the Book of Psalms. As you can see there, uh, the Book of Psalms is a collection of 150 poems uh, written by David during some of his most fascinating times. Some of them were uh, painful times. Uh, others of them were great times of celebration. Uh, and others of them were just at, at different parties. You know, they, they sang songs and hymns and, and they praised God when they were celebrating and eating and so forth and so on. So that's really the introduction. But the book of Psalms also does the following. It is, gives us instructions on, on how to worship God, how to approach God. Right? It, it, it gives us inspiration. It gives us motivation and, and consolation in the times where we don't feel so strong and, and comforted. Uh, it was divided into different things. And so if you're writing, it was divided into hymns. Uh, then was divided into these three things. We'll focus on a few of them this morning. But you know, you hear David lamenting or complaining, finding confession before the Lord in the book of Psalms. So it's, this, this is a profound book. In fact, what I advise to people, if somebody just uh, got saved today, I'll tell them go and read the book of Psalms. Because it's just it's so profound. It's full of worship. If you struggle with worshiping God, read that book. It'll, it'll teach you how to worship. This is what I was talking about. There were royal psalms also. Thanksgiving psalms and wisdom psalms. You want to go too long, so I got into a message because it's a long set. And this just gives us wisdom on how to approach life. Uh, you know, one of the things I so appreciate about David is just his human side. Uh, that you know, God could use such a man. It gives me comfort that if God would use David, uh, well, he could use me too, you know. Uh, if, if David, all right, did something so outrageous, uh, like getting someone else's wife and get them pregnant, and God still used it because of his mercy and forgiveness. Of course, I'm not advocating that to take someone's wife. I'm just saying that the intensity of the sin that he committed, but God still used it. In other words, God can still use us, even in our areas of weakness and vulnerability. He's the one that strengthens us. All right? And so God can still use us like that. So today we're going to be focusing on Psalm 18, which is a profound book that I, that I love so much. I didn't choose it because I love it. It is part of the series. Uh, there, there's been times in my prayer where all I do is to read 
Psalm 18. Literally from the start to the end, and worship the Lord with the word and so forth and so on. And so I'm going to be uh, sharing on that this morning. We're going to start from Psalm uh, verse, verse 1. I just want to read that quickly. And I'll dive into my note. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. And so David begins the Psalm 18, with, uh, which I find to be very superficial, because right in verse 3, he begins to describe the intensity of his challenge. But here he begins with almost a superficial uh, approach to God, more like what we do often time when you know there's something burning on your heart, but you know you can't just get to the presence of God and start pouring out your heart. You're like, I need to start with some praise. And I believe this is why he started with, Lord, you great, you my strength. And he begins to describe, which is our first point, my challenge. And so from verse 4 to 5, he says, The pangs of death surrounded me. And the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of shell surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. Now this is David talking about the situation that he found himself in. This was a time when David's life was in danger because King Saul was going after him. The reason why King Saul was going after him was because David slain Goliath. And some ladies were coming and they were singing songs. Now, as they were singing songs, they said David killed his ten thousands and Saul only killed his thousands. And Saul got jealous. But how come I'm the king and, and they're singing for David? And he started going after David's life, wanting to kill him. And so here David is describing the situation within which he finds himself. And when you read this, the situation as almost a near-death experience, everything he says in these verses is about him dying. How many of us are going through situations where you feel like God doesn't care? It's not just you're going to lose your job, but you're going to die. This was his challenge. He's describing my church. Now you must understand, David was, was a warrior. He was a strong man. Alright, this is the man who threw Goliath, the guy who was feared by so many other people. But David was able to kill him. Here the Bible gives us a picture of almost a vulnerable man. He says, the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. Can I speak to the gentleman for a moment? David was a warrior. And he said he was afraid. I didn't know that men are supposed to be afraid. Of anything. <coughs> Real men. <laughs> That's what I thought. But you know, as I was preparing for this message, I remembered the times I've been the most afraid. Uh, as a man. One of them was before I got married. <laughs> you know, you love my wife, you're dating, it's amazing, everything is really going so awesome. Uh, and then, 
You know, I have to propose. I know this is the right thing. I know I've prayed about it. I know, I know there's love. I know there's everything. But I'm just afraid. You know, I'm just, I'm scared. And my wife about to tell you the day I was proposing, literally the ring could have fallen on my hands. I was trembling. <laughs> you know, and, and, I, and I put the ring on the wrong hand. <laughs> you know, it's not there, it's not there, it's the other one. But I just, I was so scared. I was so scared of, this is going to be my responsibility. This, this thing is big and I was afraid it's the Lord's doing. And if God doesn't help me, I just don't know how I'm going to stay there. You know, and just, just the fear in my heart. Three of my friends were going through uh, divorces that weekend. They were all in my family. And so I had to counsel them and, and walk with them through the three, in fact, three of my friends, very close friends. And I saw the pain of what they were going through. And man, I was so scared that Lord, unless these guys are good guys, the thing that what they're going through, unless you help me, I can't do this. And that was my afraid moment. And sometimes people, even the people around us, know that we're scared. We're scared in our boots. But we try to pretend as though we were afraid of anything good enough. And David says, Lord, the flags of ungodliness make me afraid. I'm a warrior. I'm a strong man. Maybe I'm not supposed to be afraid, but right now, I'm scared. I'm scared. He describes this challenge before the Lord. I don't know how many of us are going through challenges right now. Maybe, maybe you've chosen to keep your challenges to yourself. Or maybe you think you've taught the Lord of this thing so many times and nothing. And David gives us a picture that when we are going through hard times, even when we feel so scared, we can come before the Lord, pour out our hearts, and say, Lord, you know what? The truth is, I'm just scared. I don't know how I'm going to take my children to school. I don't know how I'm going to do this, Lord. I'm scared, and I need your help. And sometimes that's all you need to, that's just the prayer you need to make. You don't have to have all this amazing uh, vocabulary, all these big words to use in prayer. So I'm just so scared. Amen. That I'm away from my family and I don't know how this thing is going to turn out. David was afraid and that was his challenge. The second thing he describes is my cry. He says, in my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him, even from his tears. David cried? What are you talking about? You know what's fascinating about David? When David killed Goliath, the king had promised to give him his daughter to give David the king's daughter. And so the king sends men to David and says, hey, David, I'm still willing to give you my daughter. Now, the king wanted to trap David so that David could go into the camp of his enemies and die there because the king didn't want to kill David by himself. 
And so he traps David and said, David, I will give you my daughter, but you need to give me a hundred full skins of men. All right? In other words, go into the Philistines' camp. I want their hundred full skins of hundred Philistines. Go into their camp and kill them and be able to cut their full skins and bring them to me. Now, if you talk about Loboa, it's expensive. <laughs> this, is, this is not just expensive, this is dangerous. To have to get married to someone, you have to kill a hundred men. And David, the Bible said David was pleased with this. Who are you, David, that you could be pleased with going out and kill a hundred men just to get married to a lady? But I, I know so many people here would do that, but uh, I don't advise that you do that. <laughs> but David went out, and the Bible says, instead of a hundred, he killed two hundred. He doubled the number. That's how strong this man was. Into the camp of the Philistines and killed 200. And the king was expecting 100. In fact, the king wasn't even expecting 100. The king knew that he can't kill 100 men without him being killed. Because it was a trap. But David killed 200 men and came out and gave them to the king. That's how strong this guy was. He was a strong man. When you read the description of Goliath and, and the height and the strength and the things that he covered himself with, David was nowhere near this man's strength. But David killed him. Here the Bible says, David cried. How, what a contrast. How can a man who's so strong, so powerful, and yet so tender-hearted that at one time he can be tough-skinned, at another time he can be tender-hearted. And we need both as Christians, don't we? We need to have a tough skin, but yet we also need a tender-hearted And there are times where you, you've got to be tough, and you can't be tough. You, you've got to be tough. You, you can't relinquish. You can't quit. You can't stop. Or you can't give up. And you can take the heart before God. You have to be tough before God. Because God knows your heart. And so David is not crying to his enemies. He's crying before God. This is my cry. Came before him. When I cry. It wasn't just me crying. My cry comes before God. You know, God is so profound. How can a man be crying in his bed and yet his cry comes before the Lord? That's how involved God is in our daily lives. That your cries, that your challenges, are not too small before God. They count before Him. But when you cry, He is. So you're not crying by yourself. He's there with you. And so David cried. If there's a place that I would say you should cry, is to cry before God. Because your cry counts. Let me go back to my notes. I had a quote that the Lord gave me that I thought would be, would be great. 
And I believe you're having a supernatural experience with God. And try to use human vocabulary to describe that experience. I think it's having hissing smoke coming out of the Lord's nose or nostrils. Like, literally, that is scary, isn't it? It's like you watching this Dracula movie. You're seeing the Lord just, it's amazing. He calls before the Lord with a challenge. And I believe that's what happens most of the time. When we bring a challenge before the Lord, before the Lord answers our challenge or responds to our challenge, it brings us in a place of understanding his magnificence, his goodness, his love. So that our response to a challenge is not just receiving an answer, it's having an understanding of what God says of that situation and how God sees that situation. And the Lord brings him in this place of the supernatural and experiencing the supernatural things of God. The earth begins to shake. And I question myself. I said, sometimes when, when I'm going through a hard time, it feels as though the Lord is so quiet, the Lord is saying nothing. It feels as though the only person really talking is myself. I don't get a scripture unless my wife walks in the room when I'm praying and she speaks to me like the second person. But I feel like everything around me is so quiet. That the Lord is not saying anything. But when I read the scripture and I see when David cries before the Lord and how God responds to his moment, man, it gives me confidence. This is how God responds to a moment. He comes out in his majesty. He doesn't just say, okay, go back and do what I told you to do. He said, I want to show you how much I love you and how good I am just before I answer your problem. And I believe we've got to come to this where we understand God is so magnificent and God is so good such that there's really no challenge that can dent the track record of his goodness. That there is nothing that can happen in our lives that can destroy the track record of his faithfulness. He cares for himself so much that his name is so important to himself that he would not he would not risk the reputation of his name. And so there is no situation, and the Lord wants us to come to a place where even when we are going through a an impossible situation that is facing you. You realize, man, God is so faithful. This thing is so small, and God is going to do it. I just need to celebrate and be happy. God is going to do it. And David, from describing his challenge to worshiping God and how magnificent God is. Thirdly, his goodness. Verse 37 to 39 of 42 says, I have pursued my enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn back again till they were destroyed. I have wounded them so that they could not rise. They have fallen under my feet. For you have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued under me those who rose, who rose up against me. 
Then I beat them. I like that. Then I beat them. As fly as the dust before the wind. I cast them out like dirt in the street. The reason why I underline I, I, I is because when we come face to face with the goodness of God, we become his image. I like something that Pastor Bill said about Hebrews. We're not just the tools in the Lord's hand. We are his image. And David says, I have pursued my enemy. A man who said, the pangs of death are surrounding me. I'm feeling so scared. Now he's saying, I'm too strong that I'm pursuing my enemies and I overtake them. He says, now I'm too strong that I did not turn back before them before all of them were destroyed. When we come face to face with the goodness of God, then we realize how strong we are in God. That we begin to view life not from the lens of our own insecurities and our own uh, insignificance, but we begin to view life and challenges through the lens of God. We begin to see challenges so differently. Man, I can actually overcome this because God is with me. That I can actually do this because God is with me. He says, He pursued His enemies after having had an encounter. The goodness of God arms us with strength. The goodness of God empowers us. The goodness of God strengthens us. The goodness of God makes us aware of who we are in Him. That's the goodness of God. And that's the battle that we need to fight. And that's what the Lord wants. He doesn't just want us to get an answer to a question. He wants us to come to a place of understanding. I'm actually able and strong enough to do this because God is with me. That's what his goodness says. He says, I pursue my enemies and I beat them. And I just love to beat down my enemies. I just love. I work too hard at the gym to have to play with me. I just love to beat them down. Yeah, don't worry. I'm talking about scripture. I work too hard at the gym of reading my Bible to understand the scriptures. And these enemies are not people who work. It gives us the ability to approach life. That when you find yourself in the midst of a trouble, your first response is, when will I die? Your first response is, for an answer to this. More like Moses before the race, the Lord says, you're crying to me. I'm looking to you. What do you have in your hands? What do you have? Don't just run to me. Remember when we made covenant. I made this stick in your hand to change it for so many other things. I've got a relationship with you. Just understand what you have in your hands. And it's important for us to come to this moment and to acknowledge that we can't change anything because God 
David and Colin, I believe some of us, for in order for us to come to that place of understanding, or rather moving from just describing our challenges and crying to a place where we lift up the goodness of God, because that's the goal. That's the ultimate is that we come face to face with His goodness and we live it out. Some of us need an encounter with God because, like David, we might need the crying things or in the describing the challenge things. And I'm inviting you this morning into the presence of God. The Lord is going to give you a different perspective. I want us to open our hearts just. I'm not forcing you to cry, but if you need to, just go ahead and do it. If you need to pour your heart before the Lord, and this is the time to do it, because your cry comes before Him. Now let us just take a moment. Let us just take a moment and do it. Help us to Take us there, please. Some of us are afraid of different things. We come in before you this morning. And we know that when we come out, you meet us. We are armed with strength because you train our hands for battle. Yeah, you do, Lord. Well, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. Come on, fam, let's give the Lord a round of applause. Thank you, Jesus. I just want to remind us tonight we're having in contact evening. It's really going to be a time, like us, as you say, of just worshiping and pouring our hearts before the Lord. So please don't miss that. Come tonight, 5 o'clock, we start. It's going to be a glorious time. Our visitors, 
Uh, this is Lounge at the back there. Please don't rush the door. We would love to meet with you at the back. And our ministry team will be here forward to pray for any need. But if you that you love, pray for our ministry team will be at the front and they'll be praying for you. And if you need any other form of prayer, come here. We'll pray for you and our ministry team will be here forward. Otherwise, may the Lord bless you. Sign up for Victory Weekend as well at the back and pay and get your books. Amen. Awesome. God bless. And have an awesome time. Please remember to have some coffee there and fellowship. God bless you. Thank you.